beginning of the good news of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. Mark the Evangelist comes right out with it. Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah, the Anointed One of God, the Son of God. This latter name is also a title of the Roman Emperor that Mark is subverting to identify Jesus instead. And Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are very good news indeed. They were gospel in the first century of our era when Mark wrote, and they are good news in the first century of this third millenary when we receive this good news ourselves. Peter in his epistle tells us that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. So in God's time, we are at the very beginning of the Christ saga. We still are the newborn church, learning to walk in the world and learning to be what God desires of humanity. We are still coming to terms with all this good news of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. Mark starts his gospel with an adult John and an adult Jesus. He does not need to build a genealogy or a childhood narrative. He comes right out and tells us, Jesus is the Son of God. End of genealogy. (laughs) And the John the Baptist that Mark presents is a little different than what you may recall of John Baptist's personality. This John doesn't breathe fire and brimstone on his audience. He is about repentance, forgiveness, and baptism. And even more, he is about pointing to the one who comes after him. His baptism is a start. John's baptism, of course, is a precursor of our own baptism. And as far as we can tell, it was a novelty. Some Jews did a ritual self-cleansing that involved bathing, but it was an event that one did alone and regularly. There also was a baptism but of proselytes, Gentiles who converted to Judaism. But John's plunging people into the Jordan was a baptism of repentance that happened only once and was open to all those who came forward for it whether native Jews or proselytes. It was a baptism of transformation, healing, and belonging. We are also told that John's baptism happened in the wilderness and in the Jordan. And those are symbolic places. They are symbolic markers for Jews. 
The wilderness is those areas beyond the zone of influence of cities and villages. It can be equated to the desert. It is both a positive and a negative place in the culture of John's contemporaries. It is a positive place of God's saving acts and betrothal with the people. It is a place where God delivered the people from Egypt and entered into covenant with them at Sinai. But it's also a negative place where Israel's testing and rebellion against God took place. The Jordan is also a symbolic place. It is the boundary between the wilderness in which the Jewish people wandered through their exodus and the promised land in which they crossed to live their covenant with God. Today, we still need to go to the wilderness sometimes to hear God more clearly. We need to retreat to places like this monastery, or we need to retreat in the inner room of our heart to let the usual busyness of life recede and to dwell in the silence that feeds our relationship with God. Though for most of us, our baptism took place a long time ago, we still need conversion of life. You may call conversion of life repentance too. Conversion of life does not end at baptism. It starts in earnest at baptism and continues to our very last breath. John the Baptist preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. For our sins to be forgiven, we need to acknowledge them and turn our lives around from sinful ways. This morning, sitting here, you may or may not feel you have sinned. On the one hand, you may feel guilt at errors and omissions of your life, but dwelling in guilt does not in itself turn your life around to God. You need to give up your sins by giving them to God and letting them, and letting them go to focus on the business of living the life that God wants for you, a life of unconditional love, a life as an instrument of God's love in the world. Action is needed for repentance, not just feeling. New action, grace action, love in action. Love must act as light must shine and fire must burn, wrote James Huntington, founder of this order. On the other end, you may fee not feel guilt at any particular actions or non-actions in your personal life. But guess what? That does not exonerate you from <laughs> Sorry. We each are involved in corporate sins, committed in our name, or with our active or passive complicity. Let's ask ourselves a few questions. Have we turned a blind eye to sexist, racist, or exploitative behavior? Have we made our peace with a political system that consistently favors the richest and most powerful classes of our society at the expense of the least privileged? Have we given up on protesting the death penalty in our country 
the solitary confinement of hundreds of thousands of prisoners, the mass incarceration of non-white folks? Have we decided that our way of life is non-negotiable, regardless of how greedy in resources and unsustainable for the planet it is? Have we decided that climate change is for future generations to worry about? So you see, repentance is probably never over for any of us. There is always more conversion of life possible. But Jesus, unlike John the Baptist, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And there is a good news in you. We still use the symbol of water in our baptism, but the real action comes from the Holy Spirit, who graces us with our lives and in our life. That is good news for today, too. With the help of the Holy Spirit, there is no end to the conversion of life that can occur in us individually and as groupings, from our families to our nation and the world community. Our late brother Ronald used to wear a t-shirt that said, God is not done with me yet. And God is not done with us either. And with today's gospel, Mark is just getting started with the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God is helping us in our conversion. Get ready for more good news in the weeks to come.